and we're rolling. How are you doing today, Kendra? I'm doing good. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea when I talked to you about doing this interview. It's just, yeah, it's been like a crazy road in, so hoping I can explain my journey. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll have no problem. Um, now, how did, how did you hear about the podcast? Um, I've seen you in the Facebook groups and I've known people who've done it like Aaron oh. Meadows, Jeremy Hurt. And okay. So cool. I've seen it going on. I just never committed until now. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your first podcast ever. Yeah. My first podcast ever. Well, welcome to the Rising Above podcast. And hopefully this is a great experience. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you own a business or you started a business recently. Yeah. Uh, take out, take out. That is correct. Yes. What does that mean? Takeout, takeout means taking the trash out of takeout. Um, I have been working on living a more sustainable lifestyle, but as we know, yes, there's lots of things you can do at home, but it also takes extra work. And I'm human like everybody else, and I like to outsource my help. On the days I'm tired, I take my kid to our activities. Do I want to cook? No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know, get takeout from a restaurant, go home, change into my pajamas, sit on my couch and eat and <laughs> relax is what I want to do. Um, so I wanted to bring this sustainable journey to like a larger community for people who want to do better, but we're just so overworked and we're tired. And so by being the middle man or woman in this case, uh, sorry, men, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, providing reusable takeout containers to the restaurants. And so you don't have to change your habits. You just keep doing what you're doing, but you're being given a better option to help the environment, really. Yeah, I think that's very important, especially when we live in Michigan. It's very outdoorsy here. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of like natural like um, uh, pre like preservative, like not preservatives, but uh what would you call it? Like nature uh, preserves, nature like preserves. to protect it. And you see like the pure Michigan commercials and everybody looks forward to their pure Michigan summers going to the lake and nobody wants trash in Floating their lake around. or fishing and getting a fish that's eaten a bunch of microplastics because that's yeah. where it goes. Um, yeah, we hear so much about trash in the oceans, but we don't really talk about trash in our Great Lakes, the largest freshwater source in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually was just having a conversation with a coworker yesterday about, um, we were talking about drinking water out of the Grand River, Ooh. which I would never <laughs> do. That sounds absolutely disgusting, but it kind of has like a, a stigma around it, the Grand River yeah. for being disgusting. And, and it's you, because people throw their trash in it. Right. You don't even talk about going swimming in the Grand River, let no. alone drinking the water. So, or um, eating the fish out of it. Oh, yeah. Every time I see people fishing out of the Grand River, I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> well, more than likely, they're probably catching and releasing, I would assume. Yeah, probably. But I would so. never eat fish out of there either. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so you felt passionate about starting a, a business to kind of help the world be a little bit more eco-friendly. Um, what has that journey been like? Is it is it difficult um, yeah, it's more difficult than I imagined. I originally wanted to do something else, um, actually start like a zero waste restaurant slash refill store. So mm, how would you do that? Think of like a eco-friendly Cracker Barrel. So that would be like the vibe, like if the store side was like a refill shop and the other half was like zero waste. 
Um, obviously, for the restaurant, it would be mostly like vegan plant-based foods with composting and whatnot. And um, that's a very niche thing, especially in Lansing, Michigan, since we're not known for sustainability. And so I kind of like backed away from that. I still want to do it at some point, but um, I didn't see that being successful right away. And so I was like, okay, if I want people to have access to a better system, I need to meet them where they are. And by partnering with restaurants that already exist, I don't have to follow any new trends or anything. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll just let the people do what they do, but um, give them a better option for packaging. That's cool. So these containers that you have in front of us, I want to show them on the camera. There's, this is one. What size is this? They describe that as a large salad clamshell. I don't know if it says the size on that. I don't think it does. Um, it is dishwasher safe, though. It is. And, and it's, it's made in America. Yeah. Or no, it's made in China. Yeah, <laughs> but they shipped it from America. <laughs> um, now, did you have to create this or did you have to work with like a supplier? How does or is there like a bigger company that's creating these? Luckily, there is a bigger company because um, they've already do this in other states. Okay. And so uh, if you go online to Websterant, that's what they already have available and they have different sizes, but right now I'm doing a beta test with Abundance Cafe. And so I've just got two sizes for now and it's going pretty well, actually really well, not just pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Within the last like nine or 10 weeks, we've saved like over 200 items from being landfilled. Wow. And she only delivers once a week for people who don't know. So it's not like a everyday thing. It's once a week for the past nine weeks, over now, 200 items are saved. What is the feedback from the people who receive these? Um, a lot of people like them. The soup container I have here, um, they said it's like way easier to open than the other stuff. Erin um, tries to use other eco-friendly products like, you know, the plant plastics and whatnot, but she struggles with those because... If she gets a new delivery of those, but they stay out in the sun, they actually melt. <laughs> and so then she has to reorder. And then the other problem with plant plastics, they say it's compostable, but it's not backyard compostable. Mm. So a majority of them still end up in the landfills releasing that methane gas because we don't have access to like a commercial composter for those items. Right. Erin Meadows is one of the people... In, in like in Lansing that I just want to see so successful. Her food is so good. Yes. <laughs> it, like it's so underrated. Like yeah. she needs a restaurant. We're working on that. Yeah. I know, I know she's working <laughs> on it, but she needs one now because that food is amazing and she's really good, like good at making it and she's passionate about it. Oh yeah. She loves it. Yeah. It's yeah. great to work with her. I'm glad she's just as excited as, as I am on this journey. And so, yeah, yeah she's like the first person to like take the plunge with me. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll test it out on my customer base. That's <laughs> cool. I didn't have anybody before her. So yeah, she's been super great. That's very cool. Now, have you got other other businesses on board or? I do, but um, <clears throat> see, this is, we're going to talk about the complications now. <laughs> let's do it let's do it let's put everybody on blast <laughs> state of michigan you are on blast um no for real <laughs> 
So the problem with expanding this right now, and I did not know this when I started it, I've just kind of learned it along the way while talking to people. Michigan has not updated their food code since 2009. Mm. And um, yeah, the FDA comes out with a new code like every four-ish years. And um, the 2009 food code does not allow reusables. Owned by a third party, yes, you can bring in your own, but then there's other legal jargon about how the restaurant can fill it so we don't pass along any funkies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the newer um, versions of the food code, they do allow for reusables, and there, there is a safe system put in place to make sure they can be sanitized, checked for any damages, and still keep the general population safe. We just haven't adopted that. So while I have a number of restaurants interested, um, the thing is until Michigan updates their food code, each and every facility I work with will have to apply for a variance code to make this work. Whoa. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I am now. Like I said, this is why I'm doing a free trial right now with Abundance Cafe because um, I'm still working on the variance, so... Is there a way to appeal it or like to apply for them to change the code or for them to review the code? Uh, yeah, I mean, they were going to update the food code before COVID, but I don't believe they've circled back to that. But of course, now it's been a few years. So then there's a new food code to read. So I bet they're going <laughs> to <laughs> think about that one for a little bit. And <laughs> Now... Eventually, you do have to scrap these out, right? Yeah. How, what's the life, life, uh, like, what is the lifetime of one of these containers? Okay, so assuming that these are treated well by anybody who chooses to participate, they can be (laughs) used up to a thousand times. Oh. So, yeah. (laughs) So far, no problems. I think the only damaged one I got was um there was a salad in one and somebody wanted to cut a piece of the salad smaller and so there was a little bit of scratch marks on it but aside from that they are dishwasher safe they're microwave safe and they've been holding up that's awesome that's really cool yeah it's kind of weird that they haven't switched over to something like that yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i guess in like in the in the big scheme of things it's still not the greatest thing because you're still like um eating out of plastic right yeah but you're not you're you're removing that element of waste which is important exactly and quite honestly like while these have been great and like a cheaper investment to get a beta test going honestly it's not my favorite it's not Aaron's favorite but again it goes back to meeting the people where they are yeah as like for Aaron's customer base I think they're healthy they want to be plastic free they are ready for the minor inconvenience of reheating stuff. Mm. The city in San Francisco that does a program like this, they use stainless steel. But obviously that's not microwave safe. (laughs) And then I think they might have some challenges too. Like if you serve like hot soup and stainless steel, I think they serve some food items cold. And so you have to, you know, go home and reheat it and sometimes that's kind of defeats the purpose of getting takeout (laughs) that is true and so it like i said it 
this version is basically more about meeting people where they are, like getting our toes wet together. Yes, I realize there are some people that are ready to eliminate plastic packaging from their food. But but I mean, let's be real. Everybody's, I mean, look, I got water that's in plastic. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not everybody's there and and you're in a hurry. And sometimes if you have leftovers and you want to take it to work, you don't want to switch it over to another container so you can microwave it in the break room. So, um, yes, this is meeting people where they are. I think eventually I can see myself sending out the plastic version and maybe a stainless steel option depending on the restaurant and what their customer base is like and what they're ready for. Yeah, especially, I mean, I guess I would understand if you had a different option for like, a like let's say, a Buttons Cafe, a place that where people go to eat healthy. Yeah. Um, but if you're like... If you're ordering like pizza or something, right? Like, I mean, chances are you don't care. Exactly. More than, like, more than likely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they don't. It's not that they don't care. A lot of people don't know. I I think a lot of people may basically look for like BPA free stuff, mm. but they don't know that there's other harmful chemicals in plastic. It's like, you know, taking yeah. one bad guy off the street, but we have like right. how many other bad guys? The same goes for plastic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And in everything else too. Yeah. Um, I had a lady on the podcast who is, who was a scientist or is a scientist. And uh, I can't remember the chemical that she was talking about, but um, she was like, yeah, essentially we're all doomed. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she was like, it's in everything. It's in your clothing. It's in, it's literally in everything. Yeah. Drinking water. And I'm like, oof. Yes. Like it, it's endocrine disrupting. It is your effect affecting your fertility. And yeah. but it, you're right. It is in everything. And, um, CBS, they recently said that basically it's in all of our drinking water now. It's, I don't know if we can ever go back or if, there's I don't think some so. great scientist that knows stuff, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have you ever seen the oceans that are full of the plastics and yeah? Oh my gosh, they're like it's like an island. It is, yeah. It's disgusting. It's yeah, it's super gross, and they talk about it like going out there. But like I said, nobody really discusses the Great Lakes, and um, yeah, it's not like the ocean. It's kind of stuck where it is, so it ends up affecting us directly. <laughs> and yeah. then large parts of the ocean don't freeze like the lake, and then you have like salt water versus fresh water, what breaks down, what doesn't. And mm. so a lot of research still needs to be done on that area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what's your goal? What's your goal for the, the business? Obviously, you want to see your product in every business. Um, you want to yeah. be having a more sustainable um, form of takeout. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the base of it. But where do you want to see it? Where do you want to see it go? In the short term, I am really hoping to have like two to five variances approved by the end of the year. And then once Michigan updates their food code i would love to expand this into more than just restaurants it's like you know there's so much waste in schools at stadiums and there's ways to do better and i'm trying to post more like on my social media like other things you can do i think society like you know when my parents like 
I know their parents didn't have a lot, but then they were like the first generation where it's like, oh, we can buy stuff. But in the words of my favorite person, Jonathan Van Ness, just because you American doesn't mean you Amera should. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we don't necessarily need all this stuff. I just posted like a back to zero or back to school zero waste guide about, no, your kid doesn't really need a new backpack. Just get something generic. It's like, Everybody has so many pencils and pens in the house. Do you really need to buy new ones every single year? No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. And same with notebooks. All the pages don't get used. I had my daughter, like, just rip out the ones that were already used. And she's, I didn't buy any notebooks this year. I didn't buy utensils. I did not buy a backpack. (laughs) And then there's people on the news like, oh, inflation has me spending $800 (laughs) for back to school supplies. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it's not just environmentally friendly. Like if you really just look at what you truly need, it saves your wallet too. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually a really good idea. Um, like for like, like ball stadiums or um, right. like any kind of stadium really that serves food or schools even. Like if you had something like this that they served your food in and then they ate it and then they just had a yeah. place to like t- return it yep. at the end, then mm-hmm. they could reuse it. Uh, MSU even if used it, was working on that too. What's that? MSU was working on something like this too. Oh. I heard it through the grapevine. They stole the idea from you. I don't know which one of us have started first, honestly. Um, but yeah, I kind of heard it through the grapevine. And then they just posted on their Instagram that MSU Sustainability Club, um, they talked about putting up the finishing touches on theirs. So um, soon college students at MSU will have an option to, you know, get food from the cafeteria, take it back to their dorm, and then return the packaging back to the cafeteria. Wow. So coming soon. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, one of the things that was kind of interesting to me um, during, I mean, even even now, but even like during COVID is like uh, talking about like, uh, like trash, people throwing their trash on the ground yeah. and stuff. People would take their masks off and throw them on the ground. Oh my God, I it's know. like, dude, what are you doing? I <laughs> yeah, this was like a conversation I just had with Aaron too. It's like, I was mad a little bit about the approach to COVID as like there could have been a bigger conversation about how to do better not just with the vaccine it's like our trash and our reliance on so many things we don't even really need that causes this it we are disrupting nature we are coming closer and closer in contact with animals and wildlife and it causes these diseases and then with COVID, it's just like we created more superbugs, we created more trash, and I think we just made it worse for ourselves. Honestly, like with the vaccine, I think it's more of a, a band-aid for now, but um, I think we have more superbugs definitely coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you kind of look at the way um, uh, like the colds have have taken form over the last two years um especially like i've seen it because i have kids who are in school yeah um my kids got sick a lot last year a lot and they didn't have covid we tested them every single time it was never covid it was like rsv and like rhino Mm -hmm. virus and like or whatever and like other stuff yeah like like it was almost like 
like because we were so focused on COVID and because everybody was so scared of that, that we stopped focusing on all this other stuff and all that other stuff got stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. And it just like it hit everybody hard. Yeah, it is. And yeah, it drives me nuts because I really think there needs to be a bigger conversation on how to do better, how to be healthy. And there's marginalized communities that are pollution effects just because we don't see the trash in our waters here aside from the grand river um, <laughs> doesn't mean it doesn't exist somewhere else it doesn't mean it's not affecting people um well i mean even on a local um a local level i seen something recently i think it was put up by the michigan dnr that within six miles of anywhere you're at in michigan there's a lake yeah I so that. like there's a body of waters within six miles from anywhere you're at mm-hmm. in Michigan. It's like you should be concerned about what you're putting on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the Great Lakes and all our water systems, uh, millions of people rely on that yeah. <laughs> for their drinking water. And without it, it's like we don't need another Flint story. We don't need what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi. We need to do better. What's going on in Jackson, Mississippi? Oh, haven't you seen the brown sludge coming from their faucets? No, I try not to pay attention <laughs> to, to the news. I try, <laughs> I check out quite often. Well, maybe that's a problem. Some people need to check in and mm. <laughs> um, realize Absolutely. that Absolutely. their drinking water is not safe. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate because yeah. there's a lot of places. And I think there was actually some places in Michigan, too, that were um, they tested the drinking water mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was in other places other than Flint. I could see that. And yeah. Th- and that was recently. I picked up a free water test kit from the Home Depot recently, so I need to, <laughs> I just want to see. Part of me wants to know, and the other part of me wants to stick my head in a hole and <laughs> not know. <laughs> That's funny. I drink a lot of water out of the faucet. Yeah, usually I do too. That's why I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> but they say those minerals are good for you too, right? The, that are in the, the water? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I know there's reverse osmosis water that will like Take help get rid of the um the funky stuff in the water. But then they talk about if that's what you do, you do need to remineralize, remineralize your water, like with fruits like lemon and stuff. Yeah. Now, in your house, are you pretty crazy about like throwing things away and or in recycling and all that? Yeah. Fun stuff. And <laughs> how does your how's your family feel about that? Well, it's just me and my daughter. So mm. um, luckily she she has no choice. I am the boss. I am God in my house. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been a long journey, honestly, because this whole thing really just started off as a health journey, like my own personal health journey, but then it just kind of evolved. How, into, let's talk about that. How did that start? Oh my God. How long <laughs> is this podcast? We can go for as long as you want. It's Saturday. I have nothing to do. We can go for five hours if you wanted. Yeah, because it's like my general health journey like started way back in high school. And but it wasn't about packaging. It was just like, you know, being the overweight kid and slowly learning about food. And I the initial way I lost weight was like my rule was can't read it, don't eat it. Mm -hmm. Like anything in the ingredients. If you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't eat it. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really good move. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like I could eat whatever I want, but, you know, I would eat chocolate chip cookies made with better ingredients as opposed to God knows what. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, and then like the other j- rule of rule of thumb is that when you go to go into a store, you stay out of the center aisles yep. and you you know shop mm-hmm. on the outside and yeah, it's your produce and all your yeah um all your meat and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's actually a lot cheaper. And then like from there, it's like I moved to Italy. I've whoa got even more questions about food and why we do things the way we do here, and it just got wheels turning and yeah because they eat a little bit better than we do over there don't they so much better (laughs) it probably tastes better too Uh, at least they're italian food everybody would love fruits and vegetables if we grew them like they did (laughs) (laughs) how do they what's different about the way they grow them it's more of a natural process i would say it's like we spray so much stuff on our food just to kill everything. And this is crazy. It's like one of the many documentaries I watched. Um, the so-called fertilizer. I bet a lot of people don't know where that came from. It actually came from World War II. And that was used in the gas chambers to kill people. And for whatever reason, they are spraying it on our food. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Well, I would assume because of mass agriculture, right? Yeah, like mass agriculture. Um, yeah, like the monocropping where you rely on like one breed of mm-hmm. produce yeah. to ship everywhere. And yeah, that stuff literally does kill everything around the plant. So I feel like I just had an apple before I came here and I thought it was flavorless. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the chemicals on it. Maybe I, st- I buy it organic. I was just okay. like... Yeah, it's like starting a business. It's like I'm struggling. I'm pinching pennies, but I'm like, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I still have standards. (laughs) That's funny. So starting the business, is this all you do? Yeah, right now. I literally quit everything to work on this. (laughs) What what were you doing before this? Um, Before I worked at Jackson National. Wow. So you had a good job. Yeah. And you were so passionate about this. You're like, I can do this. And you just yeah decided to stop mm-hmm. stop working and so what what has that been like um have you ever seen the movie tangled where like <laughs> Rapun- I, have ki- I have kids <laughs> <laughs> you know where rapunzel leaves her tower and she's like oh my god this is the best thing ever and the next minute is like oh my god what am i doing this is i should have stayed <laughs> and then it's like never mind this is great yeah it's been like that <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to describe it because like i have really good days when i meet people and people are excited they want to join i was like yes i got this and then like the health department wants to strike me down and i have to figure out how to write a variance code and it's like oh my god i have no money and i need to make this work soon and i want to (laughs) go cry (laughs) that is that that's got to be the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur, right? Giving yeah. up, giving up the stability to be able to start something that you're passionate about. Right. And then when you, when you come up to obstacles like that and you're like, oh man, like, what do I do? Should I just give up? Should I go find a, a normal job again? Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. And I have this gut feeling that this is going to work. It's like, I've made it through so many questionable times in my life where I didn't know the answer and that's really a part of the life. They, what brings us down is not knowing the answer. But I just remember, I was like, okay, I've made it through this. I made it through that. I was like, this is going to go somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, 
in my opinion, whenever you want to do something um, and something doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. you just keep going. You just, that's when you, that's when you should keep going because then you'll discover something that will work. Like, let's say this doesn't work. Right. But then maybe you like revamp the company a little bit and you figure something else out that works and yeah. then that takes off. Like you just keep moving and you just keep going. Yeah. Because if you stop, that's when everything starts to fail. It's true. Yeah, that's really what it is. And yeah. yeah, it's like if I didn't take a plunge and do this beta test, it's like, I've like I said, the other states are starting programs like this and it's like I'm kind of learning from them from a distance but nobody's really discussing their struggles they're talking about all the happy stuff on Instagram (laughs) of course it's Instagram how we're only successful and we have no hard times at all (laughs) and it's easy and then of course I tried to reach out to them to try to learn more do they want to talk to me no people want to save the world but they don't want help doing it or they They, they won't reach back out to you I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody really i know and so i'm like do i need to like fly to california or new york (laughs) (laughs) or or like i said um we have a different culture here in michigan like i said we're not known for sustainability either so their answers might not even work here and so i really have to just try it out here what do you think that is why is that why would you say because like when you go to like a bigger city i mean obviously they're more progressive right um they want to see like i mean they're they want to be like green energy they want everything to be just green mm-hmm. um but is it something would it be like a cultural thing would you say as to why we're not more like that maybe i yeah because like the bigger cities like new york and the other program is in san francisco maybe it's like more of an international hub than what we have here mm. and maybe with more ideas and cultures and thoughts not to say that lansing isn't diverse but maybe not as diverse and then i think it goes back to our leaders and what's accessible and so they had leaders that you know update their food code (coughs) hint hint (laughs) 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 you know they um put in composting programs maybe they do spend more money on educating the community and it's really hard to say like why it is the way it is um for us specifically i could easily say accessibility because i think i've googled um the recycling facilities in the area there's not that many and you have to drive there and that's another hassle and then you have to clean it out and yeah it's like my closest ones are like four miles away but that could still take me roughly an hour to drive there drive back sort everything and like i said we're already tired yeah (laughs) i mean and nobody wants to have to do extra to uh recycle or whatever yeah And especially like when that audit just came out where it's like, oh, 20% of items were contaminated and that results into other items that were actually good to be recycled get landfilled because it's expensive. It's dangerous. There's lots of reasons why you don't sort out the contaminants so it gets landfilled. And it's like, why do I even want to do that if it's not even going to get recycled? Well, and on top of that, I think during COVID, um, China stopped buying all the plastic. They did. And so that caused a problem for recycling. They were yes. like, yeah, recycle, but it's still going to go to the landfills. <laughs> yeah, because it goes back to education and taking time and energy to do it. And so, like I said, with takeout, takeout, it's, it's going to get reused up to a thousand times and... Yeah, I I will still take it to the recycling center once it reaches its 
end of the road. <laughs> is there a way to recycle it, melt it down, and then remake them? Maybe. I don't see why not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Am I, I mean, there yet? No. <laughs> that would be the ultimate, like, recycled, recyclable, like, move. It would. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's also a stainless steel, which lasts longer. But That's true. You would also have to move containers to reheat some stuff. That is also so, true. like I said, we'll see where Lansing's at. I'm not sure yet. So, are you just doing this locally, or are you going to try to like go to Grand Rapids or like Detroit area? What, um, what what's your plan? I think the best advice that I've gotten so far, um, since I have to apply for variance codes for each and every facility, was to find a smaller chain, like not like an Applebee's, but you know, I think. Cancun like has two locations here there's I think I'm more than two or maybe yeah and then the Jolly Pumpkin is here and then in Grand Rapids and Traverse City What's a Jolly Pumpkin in East Lansing that pizza place it's new oh well yeah I've never heard of it oh you should go it's yummy is it <laughs> yeah is I, it like one of those um fast food pizza places no I was like I got a like vegan. a blaze no you sit down restaurant okay yeah okay, cool got a lemon pizza there it was delicious <laughs> i was shocked <laughs> <but> i didn't <laughs> think i'd like it but i did <laughs> but yeah they have more than one location so if i find facilities like that that have more than one location until somebody updates the food code <coughs> again, <laughs> i can expand my region to other cities so essentially you need like a company that has the financial stability to be able to apply for it is it does it cost money to be able to apply for it or do you can you just apply for it you can just apply for it um yeah i have to create a standard operating procedures and submit it and for each business each business and then they want to come to that facility to make sure we're doing what I said we would do so they said if I write steps one through six on the day of the visit don't be thinking like oh actually we don't need step four <laughs> like Oof. keep it consistent Oof. so so yeah, wow so they want to make sure that everything's up to code and you're doing, yeah. you're doing exactly what you said you would do yeah and um everybody I've talked to there has been pretty receptive um they know the winds are changing and they know the time is coming to do something more. But of course, they're a little bit nervous because if they approve something, it has to be safe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because if somebody gets sick or something. oof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they want to make sure there's a thorough process to look at all the containers, check for damages, make sure it's sanitized properly and that's cool. All of that. So it can be reused so we can create a circular economy essentially yeah is there anybody locally other than you that is doing something like this aside from that msu pilot program not that i know of do you think it'd be possible to reach out to somebody at msu about it i kind of thought about it you should uh, it's like i always get nervous because i see them as a big fish and i'm a little fish <laughs> Yeah, they might actually help you. <laughs> they might, because I, as a college, I don't <clears> think <throat> they could go into restaurants. I think they're strictly more focused right. on the college campus. But people talk about that, and I'm like, what if they eat the little fish? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, not that I don't want like a better economy. I'd just be really sad if somebody just took over and I worked really hard and I just got shoved aside. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you should look at it that way. Yeah, I think you should look at it as like. You're going to do what you're going to do no matter what. 
I mean, they might try to swoop in and if they do, they do, but you Mm -hmm. could still expand Mm -hmm. like across across the state and other cities other towns i could that's what i keep telling myself i'm like okay it doesn't have to be just me i don't have to be like the other people there's there's how many burger joints there's how many pizza places they're they're doing just fine and truthfully we do have to work together and there's enough space for everybody yeah it's not like a a dog eat dog world no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i just got used to you know that corporate life and being at the bottom of the totem pole and not Mm, being taken seriously or whatever i understand that i mean i work for a giant corporation too so it's easy to like feel like you're just a small fish and yeah big this big Mm-hmm. fishbowl or whatever yeah and that you have all these ideas and nobody looks at you or takes you seriously and so they don't uh, care no that's what <laughs> it felt like and i was like maybe that's what you should do go to jackson national life and then tell them <laughs> hey because they have a cafeteria there they do i thought yeah. about it you yeah. should they you have should. plant plastics but yeah they even sorted out into composting i'm like where do you take those? <laughs> because <laughs> I've Googled the commercial composting for items like that and I can't find it. Really? And so I'm like, if I need to reword my search or what's really <laughs> happening? Are you throwing it in with the oil plastics? I have questions. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> that is funny. That is really funny. Now going back to your fitness journey, um, what kind of things do you do for fitness or exercise. Uh, do you exercise? Yeah, I do. I, uh, what kind of th- exercises do you do? I do a little bit of everything, and it really depends on my mood and what I'm willing to put in. Um, sometimes it is just a walk. It's like I'm tired, but I I need to move today, so it'll be like a walk around a park or something. And other days I'm doing like the YouTube videos, lifting weights and whatnot. And then other days it's just like, oh, the weights killed me. I'm gonna do yoga today. <laughs> That's awesome. So a little bit of everything. That's really good. Um, I think a lot of people try to just stick with one thing and then they, that's all they do. Um, I'm more like that, I guess. Like I, I, I I try to do a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. which is my problem, but mainly like weightlifting. Um, but I do do like a lot of yoga, um, and cardio stuff, uh, Yoga is very important. It is. Yeah. I think stretch it's extremely underrated. Um, I, it was kind of interesting. So I work at GM and okay. the other, I probably shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I, I had my, my leg on a piece of moving equipment, I should say. Oh, okay. And as it was moving, I just kept stretching and stretching and stretching <laughs> and my leg was like fully, almost fully extended, almost into yeah. a split. One foot was on the ground. The other foot was on the moving object. And my coworker was looking at me. He's like, Whoa, Dave, you're so flexible. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm not even limber right now. Like I no, had to stretch for the day. Flexible but. at all? No, <laughs> but not I at try. all. <laughs> That's good though. Some people it's harder to be yeah. flexible. I tried, but no. I was like, I can't even touch my toes. I just tell other people they're closer to the ground, and that's why they can do it. <laughs> they're shorter. <laughs> you're short. You're, you're just you're closer to your toes. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Have you ever done hot yoga? No, I don't. Maybe. No, I feel like I would remember that. So probably you not. You would for <laughs> sure remember that. No. <laughs> it's, um, there's one in East Lansing and that's the one I've gone to. And that place, whew, that will kill you. Okay. But, it, but it's, but it's awesome. <laughs> you feel amazing afterwards, like euphoric. I could see that. Because it's yeah. like you're, you're doing yoga in a sauna, essentially. I could see that. Yeah. I could just get nervous sometimes. Cause like I haven't 
had this happen in a while, but I've been known to get lightheaded sometimes mm. and pass out, but it hasn't <laughs> happened in a really long time. And so I was like, maybe I could do hot yoga now that I eat better. And um, <laughs> Why do you think that was? Why were you passing out? Well, I didn't like ever pass pass out too much. It was like twice, but it was more of like twice. a blackout as opposed to a pass out. Like if I didn't do something, I could easily pass out because my vision would get blurry and it. Yeah. It was more like when I squatted or I keep my legs bended too long, like my vision would get blurry. And sometimes that would happen in a hot tub where it's like, you know, you get out and then I would just have to stand still because I couldn't see. And people would be like, are you okay? I'd be like, hold on, wait for my vision to come back. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm still here. (laughs) But yeah, there's been a time where it's like I passed out in my kitchen and people are like, you just fell. And I was like, I don't remember. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Because you could hit your head on something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then another time was like when I was walking down the stairs with my daughter, but I knew I didn't feel right. So I sat down and I kind of just... (laughs) gently passed out as opposed to falling but oh my gosh yeah i haven't had that in a while but like i said i've changed my diet immensely since then and so you eat a lot of organic things um Mm -hmm. what what kind of diet are you doing um i do mostly vegan sometimes vegetarian but yeah mostly plant-based stuff now and when i originally tried it i wasn't educated on food i was just like what do i eat if i'm vegan like peanut butter and jelly and salads i was like i didn't know (laughs) but (laughs) but now i do know it's like i can make quinoa salads i made lentil sloppy joes the other day i can make alfredo with cauliflower and cashews it's Mm. i've learned how to do um pancakes with oat milk and flaxseed and jackfruit Uh. is great (laughs) I think a lot of people, when they hear somebody that somebody's vegan or they hear that somebody's a vegetarian, like, oh, that person's a healthy person. Yeah. But it's like you can eat extremely unhealthy if you're a vegan or vegetarian. Like there's so many bad options out there. Especially now (laughs) because, you know, like the world is moving more plant based. But again, they're kind of trying to meet people where they are with plant based burgers, plant based brats, Mm, plant based chicken nuggets. Which makes me laugh. Yeah. Plant based chicken nugget. Yeah, that's what they say. (laughs) Why isn't it just a plant-based nugget? I don't know. (laughs) To to lie to people. It helps the parents lie to their kids. I don't know. (laughs) There's a chicken on the box. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's that's one of the funniest things about about that. I'm a huge meat eater, though. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I I could not be a vegetarian or vegan. Don't say that yet. I thought I couldn't either, but then... No, I know I could. I know I could. I know I could. (laughs) I just don't want to be. There you go. That's the correct words. Yeah. (laughs) Fairly enough, I do not want to be. Um, Now, I do like to eat greens, and I like to eat fruits and vegetables and all that stuff, but I love steak too much. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've seen a plant-based steak on the market yet. (laughs) No. It's more burgers. Yeah, it's definitely burgers. Um, don't they have lab-grown steak, though? Probably. I'm pretty sure they do. Probably. Yeah. It's not something I see at Kroger, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's crazy about all that stuff, too, it's kind of expensive. Yeah. Like, it's not cheap. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, it, yeah, going vegan, and once you learn the plants and how to cook, like, your regular meals without the processed food, it actually is way cheaper yeah. if you can avoid 
the goodies. Erin, <laughs> she she makes mostly vegetarian stuff, right? Uh, vegan uh, and gluten free, and yes, she makes some meat dishes sometimes. I usually I usually get whenever she's at events, she has like these chicken wraps. Oh yeah, she oh. just made some of them. They're so good. She's at an event today, right? Yeah, some yeah. grand opening. I'm sorry, business. I forgot who you are. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I seen that too. I think it's in like Hazlitt or something. Yeah. And um, I thought about going just to get it. Um, <laughs> but she makes these um, these muffins that she makes with real fruits. Yep. And that's what she uses to sweeten it, right? Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. I've never had anything like that. I will have her listen to this so she can hear those words from your mouth. <laughs> no, they're truly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, every time I see her, I'm like, I want a muffin. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me a muffin this morning because I was there um, washing reusables and helping her wash dishes from a catering event yesterday. And uh, yeah, we had muffins this morning without you. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> you should have brought one. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> 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 Next time. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love what she's doing. And I love what you're doing. I, I think it's oh, thank cool. You. I watched I watched your guys' video that you guys put out. I think it was quite a while ago yeah, now. Yeah, it was like mid-summer, I think, in July. Yeah, that you guys were partnering together. Yep. and Yeah, I thought that was very cool. Um, and I hope to see that this succeeds. I mean, oh, thank as you long so as you much. keep going, it will. I think so. I think you need to order from us. Abundance yeah. Cafe is taking orders until Sunday at 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and follow her. Yeah. And then order some of Aaron's food and get it in a reusable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a process to like return these or? Um, so right now, um, like I said, Erin delivers once a week and she has a pretty loyal following for obvious reasons. And so we've just been swapping them out on deliveries. And so we're not even using extra gas to go get the containers. It's just every Tuesday during deliveries and pickups, you can swap it out with her. She has a pickup location at Apple Blossom Kombucha. You could swap it out with Kaylee there. And once in a while, Jeremy Hurt with Red Bike Delivery, he also delivers for abundance and he has taken some containers. And if for whatever reason you're not ordering one week, you can email me takeout.takeout.mi at gmail.com and I will do a one-off pickup for you. That's cool. So yeah, home or office, I've done both. And actually within the last 10 weeks, I haven't had too many of those, but yeah, it's it's available if you want to try it once and get a feel for it and you're not sure <laughs> that's cool um oh, we get still got like 15 minutes to go dang i don't want to wrap this up <laughs> um so uh since you went since you've quit your job and you started doing this full-time have you seen the the business grow exponentially or like what uh yeah because you're able to devote <laughs> more time to it yeah like i said some of it's just being stuck, learning new things, going out, meeting new people. Um, even though it's like I have like a consistent people who get reusables every week once in a while, especially now that summer's over and people are back in town, we're getting new customers and yeah, uh, get introduced to new people at events. And I hear people say, oh, I heard about you. And so I'm like, that's good. I'm doing something right. This person who I have no idea who they are, they've heard of me and what I'm doing. I'm like, we're getting somewhere. That's cool. I, uh, that's probably one of the best feelings when you go somewhere and they're like, Oh yeah, I've heard of you. Yeah. Um, 
I recently went to an event and I was passing out business cards and stuff and somebody was like, oh yeah, I've, I've seen you before. I'm like, right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool feeling. (laughs) It is. And then I was talking to Aaron about this too. It's like, even though people have heard of us, not many have taken the plunge to actually try something new because it's new and scary. Before I partnered with Aaron, I saw her post all the time, but I never ordered (laughs) 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 because it was new and scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you definitely should order. Her food is amazing and she's definitely good at what she does. Um, and we're not scary. No, not scary. <laughs> not scary at all. I know. There's no reason to avoid it. It's, yeah, it's whatever reason. Doing something new, going to a new place, it's like, ooh. Yeah. But we're not <laughs> scary. We're super nice. And if you have questions, reach out. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was going to say to that. Oh, yeah. The thing is, like, with people, when they see something like that on social media, mm-hmm. it, this is one thing I've, I've realized. Like, people have a really bad attention span. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. Like, it's easy to just see something on Facebook or Instagram and just scroll right by it. Like it, scroll, mm-hmm. and then you just forget about it. Yeah. So, like, what do you do, like, for those people? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> you go out to community events and you see them in yeah. their faces and make them look at you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, I'm sure, as a business owner where that's how you make your money. Mm-hmm. Because like for me, like it's frustrating because I'm like a content creator and I'm like, I, I want more people to see. Right. Like people <laughs> people watch it and I'm like, I've had a lot of people watch them and then nobody like subscribes. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, And that's frustrating, but I don't make my living doing this. But like for you guys, that's yeah. how you guys make your living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at social media and trying to figure out how to create more brand awareness. And it's like I grew up when MySpace was a thing. And of course, uh-huh, I got yeah. into Facebook. But now we're talking about reels and Way ticking to age and yourself. talking. <laughs> ticking and talking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call it. I know. My sister, she's like, but you would like it. I'm like, I know. That's the problem. It's addicting. <laughs> I know it is yeah. addicting. But at the same time, as a business owner and being the only person, it's like, yeah, I kind of have to get my name out there somehow. But I'm like. Dang it! I just wanted to post a picture, but now you make <laughs> me do videos. And <laughs> I understand the frustration. Um, yeah. social, and that's the thing. Like with for businesses, mm-hmm. that is probably the number one way to grow as a business. Yep. And it's like one of the most difficult things to master because so many people are using it. Yeah. And it's like what works and what doesn't, and like what looks like a good post and what doesn't, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's so it's so complicated. You almost have yeah. to be a marketing expert. Right. You really do. I know. It's like I have like all these ideas of what to post, but I'm like, how the heck do I make this? <laughs> it's just like I'm just scrolling. I'm like making pretend posts and hoping I don't accidentally post anything <laughs> too soon. People are like, what's that? Just <laughs> delete it real quick. And she's she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> she's learning. <laughs> Maybe you should have your daughter do it. Oh yeah. I'm sure she knows. She's eleven. So yeah, oh yeah, maybe. she still knows. Yeah. <laughs> Elodie, do this for me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my kids, um, they're always giving me ideas. Like, Dad, you should do this. That's what they do on YouTube. That's what the YouTubers <laughs> do. I'm like, mm, I know. Maybe I should listen to you. <laughs> I know. Well, there's that. And sometimes those people have, like, more money. It's like, I don't have a stand. I don't have yeah. a light. I don't have... <laughs> I'm just trying to do things cheaply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to do what works for you, especially as a small business owner. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe I'll borrow somebody's. I'll get on a buy nothing group and um, 
instead of buying new products, I'll just use what's already made and continue my journey to zero waste that way by promoting a sharing economy as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you could even like start a TikTok doing that. Ticking and talking. Ticking and, to- ticking and talking. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an old person when you say I that. <laughs> what are you doing over there? T- ticking and talking. Ticking and talking. That's <laughs> be me. I already am an old person. Like when we watch TV shows, my daughter sometimes suggests new stuff. And I'm like, no, we're watching Boy Meets World and The Princess Diaries. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> those are actually good movies. I know. Yeah, those I are mean, good Boy Meets movies. World isn't a movie, but yeah, it's good. I yeah, know. I actually don't think I ever watched that. Um, oh, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever watched it. But The Princess Diaries are good movies. It is, yeah. yeah. They're funny. It is. And yeah, Boy Meets World is great because they don't really leave you with cliffhangers. We wrap up life's lesson in one episode. So if you don't want to binge watch, there's no cliffhangers. You can watch an episode of Boy Meets World and get your feels mm. and then turn it off and go to bed. <laughs> Do you think that was created at a time before they really understood the addiction behind like watching TV? Yeah, probably. Because I feel like now, now that you mentioned that, I feel like a lot of TV was like that. Well, yeah. And then you weren't watching every single episode. It was whenever it was. And so yeah. I think they just try to finish the story. So if you missed an episode, it didn't really matter so much. Yeah. Unless it was like some sort of like series or something on TV, right? Mm-hmm. They would leave you with like a cliffhanger and you're like, oh, crap. I got to come back yeah. next week at Thursday at 6 p.m. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's been a few Boy Meets World where they kind of, it's not too big of a cliffhanger, but there's like part two, like later on, I think. But How does your daughter feel when she has to watch some of those older shows? She likes it. And then she's appalled that kids at her school don't know what Boy Meets World is. They don't know Lizzie McGuire. She's like, what do you mean you haven't seen So Weird? <laughs> and oh, we like Sabrina the Teenage Witch too. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I've tried showing my kids some older movies like The Land Before Time because mm-hmm. um, that was an awesome movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I love that movie, <laughs> those movies. And then uh, there's another one um, about the dogs uh, who run away. Um, Homeward Bound? With Homeward Bound, yes. Two Homeward dogs Bound. and a cat. We love that too. Yeah. <laughs> those are good movies. They are. But they don't hold up. <laughs> yes, they do. I don't know what you're talking about. The graphics are terrible. The mouths don't move. It's I like it better when the mouths don't move. It looks weird when the mouths move. You think so? I do. Mm. I don't know if I can get on board. Okay, well, fine. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> fine. That is funny. That, yeah, well, well, at least you uh, conceded, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you want to watch the extra cheesy movies where the mouths move, fine, but no. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny, though, to just go back and watch some of those things that um, were created back then, because now it's like the technology is so insane mm-hmm. that a lot of that stuff seems cheesy. It, I mean, you may with not the think technology, so. I, with the added technology, I think it's cheesier. You think so? Yeah, like when you're going talking about animal movies, that's just like, oh. But what if it, even a cartoon? <sighs> in a minute because i've been stuck in my rut it's <laughs> like i have not left the 90s or early 2000s that's um, a good move that's a good move <laughs> so it's like i don't, you don't know you don't dress like you're in the 90s though uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> it was clean <laughs> but i do dress pre-covid i'm not in sweatpants mm, that, that's a good move yeah yeah <laughs> have you um 
gotten out of like the COVID COVID mode, like what, like I guess COVID depression and like COVID, like the just the COVID mindset of wanting to be home and. Oh yeah, I was bored at home, hence kind of why I quit Jackson during COVID. It's like I could not sit still and work on their work. I was, <laughs> I was laying on the floor like getting a chipmunk to eat out of my hand. And that is how bored I was working at home. And then, yeah, I got to the point where I was like buying nuts for the squirrels and chipmunks. I was like a real Disney princess because they were coming to me and I would feed them. <laughs> and then they were like, Kendra, why aren't you working? I was like, mm. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> I was like, I swear I'm at the desk all day. <laughs> I am not feeding the woodland creatures. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Yeah, it's got to be, that's got to be so difficult. I never had to work from home, but that had to be difficult for a lot of people. It was just so boring. (laughs) No (laughs) offense to the Jackson work. But yeah, part of like why I liked it in the beginning was like I got hired in with like a group of people. They were fun. We were loud. We would have conversations. We would have a good time. And initially I thought I'd like working at home, like, sweet, I don't need to be in a mad rush. But then I just got super bored. And then, of course, socializing wasn't the same because when you're socializing online, you weren't working. And so Mm, then my talking took up more time than the work as opposed to I used to type and talk at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You lose a sense of camaraderie with with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's what I missed the most because I was just like the work wasn't hard it was easy it was just I need to be creative with my mind and I lost that there yeah well you're definitely being creative now and it's kind of forcing you to be creative yeah um (laughs) do you ever feel like you're kind of alone in it in in being like an entrepreneur and trying to like a like forward your goals absolutely and that's like where when I was talking about Rapunzel my my other Disney princess, <laughs> where you know, you just kind of cry because you don't think anybody gets you. Like when I first started this, so many people were like, well, what about a job? What about benefits? Like, what are you going to do? And why are you starting that in Lansing? You should at very least go to Ann Arbor if you're going to do that in Michigan, <laughs> is what Oof. they would tell me. And yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments like that. People are coming around more now that I've like launched my beta test but um yeah it's it's been really hard it's basically been a journey about like self-love too and believing in myself because I know sometimes like we vibe off of what other people say to us what they think about us and you really have to know who you are as a person and what you're doing is good and tell yourself you're doing a good job you can't rely on comments to come from other people because you don't always get those. Yeah. And they're not always um, efficient comments and they're not always positive comments. No. And if you rely on like the, the negative comments, like you're, that's just going to tear you down. Even if you focus on them, that's just going to tear you down. It it does. And it's hard. And yeah, it's until like I met Jerry at the fledge and he was like really the first person to work with me and, He's the reason why I met Jeremy and met Aaron because like one of his assignments and he was just like, okay, if you want to do this, you need to know people in the community. You need to go do interviews with restaurants and see what their challenges are. Why aren't they focused on this right now and learn? Right. <laughs> and a lot of it is time and money. Like those restaurants are struggling 
after the pandemic and yeah these containers while they are reusable um they is more up front but right. you can easily make it back over time with like rental fees and whatnot mm. and then there's you know having the capacity to actually go out and collect them and make a new system in your restaurant to see if it's even effective and so that's basically where I come in as being that middle person to do all of that work to make it easier for both the restaurant and the customer and make it efficient. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, just a quick to go back. Um, when you said that when people say negative things to you, um, or like people try to tell you like, oh, you shouldn't do that because of this mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, I was listening to this lady uh, give a speech and she was like, you should not focus on that. Because when people have negative things to say, they only are thinking about you for five minutes. Yeah. And then they move on. Yep. <laughs> and so like, don't let that tear you down. Like, yeah. don't let that affect you. Mm -hmm. Don't let that be who, don't let that be what defines you and what you want to do. Yeah. Because it only it only lasts for five minutes in their <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, in their mind. But yeah, if you let it stay in your mind, oh my God, it could last forever. <laughs> it really can because then you're always like worried about like, oh, what's that person thinking about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can affect your success as a person or as a business owner. Well, yeah. Like even goes back into like my childhood memories and like being more introverted and, you know, like now I'm, I'm running a business. I'm on the forefront. People are gonna know who I am I'm gonna have to talk to the public where I've just been used to being like the shy quiet person doesn't get a lot of attention I hate doing public presentations it's like <laughs> do not put me on a stage but now I have to do it and instead of saying like oh I'm not that type of person that is a go-getter it's like I've just have to acknowledge I wasn't using that other part of myself. I have to tell myself that I've always been enough. I've just chosen not to use those other tools for whatever reason that oh, I've always had. I, I like that you said tools because yeah. like once you learn how to do something that you're uncomfortable doing or mm -hmm. that you're not used to doing yeah. and you start doing it and you, you get good at it, it mm -hmm. then becomes a tool that you have. Right. So like public speaking or being friendly to people mm -hmm. and like all that's tool, all those are tools. Yeah. And it takes practice obviously. And then so many of us like to stay in our comfort zones and yeah. It's so uh, easy. It is easy because it's comfortable <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I really had to get past that mindset of like, oh, I'm not that person. It's just like, no, you chose not to do that. You can be that person if you really want to. And if you were forced to do that, you mm -hmm. would. Yeah. If you're like truly passionate about something and you want to get a message out, it's like nobody else is going to talk about it. Okay. I guess that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm actually stepping a little bit out of my comfort zone next weekend by doing a live interview um, at uh, when September ends. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you look yeah. thrilled. You're like, I'm, yeah. Well, I don't think it'll be too <laughs> bad. Um, I don't think it'd be too bad. I just, it, it is a little nerve wracking, like being in front of people. I've never really public, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've spoken publicly, but it's not, it's not something I enjoy. And, I know, yeah. <laughs> but but I think it'll be good for me. I think because I think it would be cool to be able to give like public speeches and stuff. And mm 
all that fun stuff. Yeah. But, um, represent your own brand too. Yeah, absolutely. It, like if I'm not going to, who's going to do it? Exactly. It like yeah. goes back to like being a little fish. Like sometimes I do wish I had some sort of business partner to help me meet me and like do the things that I don't want to do. But at the same time, I was like, this is my other baby. It's like, I don't mm, want somebody anybody in. else's face on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I understand. Or that. Like I said, it goes back to being brushed aside of like, Oh, who's that? <laughs> it's right. like, we never saw you. We never heard you talk about it. Right. It was always that other person. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's actually a really good point because, mm -hmm. um, like for the podcast, I've always like kind of wanted somebody to come in and like help me with do the things that I don't want to do. Right. But um, one thing that I've learned is that I have to be the one to do it. Cause for one, if I learn how to do everything and I, be, and I get good at it, then I have a greater appreciation for it when I'm able to hire somebody to mm -hmm. like work the cameras, which, you know, obviously he's working the cameras, but he's doing it for free. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I would like to be able to pay somebody to do it and yeah. I like to be able to pay somebody to edit the podcast and upload mm -hmm. and promote and all that stuff where I don't have to do it. Um, yeah. but if I learn how to do it, then I have an appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. And, but like one thing that I've had to learn is that, cause I never wanted to toot my own horn. I never wanted to be that person be like, Hey guys, check out my podcast. Like, yeah, I, I hate being that person. <laughs> yeah. But then one thing I learned is that you have to be that person because mm -hmm. yeah. otherwise people aren't going to pay attention. No, they're not. You really have to be like your own cheerleader and all of this. You do. You do. And then all the negative Nancy's you have to tell them to screw off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go focus on yourself. Leave us alone. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it, I, honestly, like, I don't even focus on that anymore. Yeah. Like if that happens, uh, I'm sure, I don't know if you've had any negative comments or whatever, but you just got to brush it off, move on. Mm -hmm. It's good when you get negative comments, I think. I know. It's like, I look for comments, but at the same time, I'm afraid. I'm like, what if somebody doesn't like me? It's like, oh, <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> and then confrontation. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like maybe they do have valuable feedback that I could learn from. Hopefully, yeah. like if or they don't, or yeah. But it teaches you how to handle it. It does, and I need to. If you want to be any type of leader, you need, do need to know how to work with those types of people and yeah. how to work together and. Or just how to brush them off if they didn't have any effective input. <laughs> There's a guy that I had on the podcast. Um, this is going to single him out, but he's running for president. All right. So <laughs> he's running for president and he's like TikTok famous, but... Um, there's people that comment on his live videos all the time mm -hmm. that don't agree with him. They start arguments and then he just blocks them or deletes oh. them. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like for one, you're, you say you're running for president, which means that you're running for everybody who's mm -hmm. in this country. So why are you doing that for two? Just cause they don't agree with you. Like you need to learn how to, as a leader deal with negative comments. Yeah. I mean, like for instance, a lot of people do not like Trump for good reasons, yeah. but he is the pro at brushing that stuff off because yeah. the media was after him. All the public figures were after everybody hated mm -hmm. Trump and he just like didn't care. Like that's mm -hmm. what you need to, you need to have that level of not care about the negative. Uh, you should listen. Like if it's good advice, right? Like you should listen to that, but you need to not care. Yes. Yeah, so no, I was like the only thing I really didn't like about Trump because he was like the master of brushing people off is he, he taught people like not to work together on that mm. big platform. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, even now we see it like left versus right versus this. And we've really lost how to meet in the middle and like move 
forward because we're too busy blaming the other side instead of listening to the other side. Absolutely. Um, that happened a lot during his administration. Mm-hmm. And it unfortunately, I see it happening again during the same administration. Yeah. And it was supposed to be, this administration was supposed to be something that was going to unify everybody. And it, yeah. it's actually divided people a lot more. I haven't seen it yet either. And so I'm just like, oh, we really need somebody to be like. We need somebody to come in and be like, all right, <laughs> like, look, oh, okay, look America, this. look, yes. I'm going to slap you around. <laughs> this, is, this is what's going on. Come on, yes. stop. Yeah, there's no more two sides of the aisle. We're going to sit together. We're going to work together. Yes, and why it's not? like, we're, you're adults. Like, come on, like talk to people. And <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't want to talk about politics. I hate <laughs> politics. I really do. I hate politics. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It was like, that was my degree really. But was it? Yeah. <laughs> you went to school for political science? Uh, international relations and global politics. Yeah. Yes. That sounds very boring. Oh, it was fascinating. But, you know, <laughs> it, it was also from the Italian perspective-ish because mm. I went to the American University of Rome. And so it was learning history, not from the winner's side. Oh. Yeah. That's very... So what was that like? I, f- I feel like we could go another hour. I know. <laughs> Part two. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting. And honestly, when I went there... um. The American University of Rome has students from like over 50 countries, but it's very small because I think there's like maybe 30-ish people in my graduating class. Whoa. Maybe, maybe 50. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Or not a lot, but you know, a lot of diversity, but not a lot of students. And so I honestly felt really stupid my first year because not only was I like the only one learning in my native language. Like these other people could speak two plus languages. They were understanding the material in a foreign language to them. And then of course they already knew like the other side of the story because they've experienced it in their own country. And I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) That's one thing that's very interesting about our educational system is that we paint the narrative that we're always the winners. Yeah. And that everybody else is always the bad guy um, or that we have the right side no. of things. Yeah. It's like, I think the biggest thing I learned, cause like my paper was actually on how, um, Germany reunified after world war two and how they became a part of the economy again and how they're one of the big world leaders after, you know, mm. we went from hating them and it's like, okay, how did we welcome them back into the community? So how did we welcome them back? It's basically by including them. There is um, obviously the difference between the East and the West. You know, the Russian-controlled side, like, they weren't welcomed. But, you know, we got the economic yeah. union. We allowed them to be a part of our circle. We were not excluding them. At least, yeah. you know, the one side. What? One more side. West. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which side is closer to us? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That Yeah, I mean... If you could apply that on like a smaller scale, even to Mm -hmm. the way things are today, like whenever somebody like does something terrible, we just try to ostracize them and kick them essentially out of society and ban them from Twitter, ban them from whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we need to have a path of redemption for these people because like, yeah, they may have done, they may have done a 
a bad thing or said a bad thing, but it's like that, that shouldn't be who they are for the rest of time. Exactly. No, it shouldn't. People should be allowed to learn and grow and be accepted back into society. And it's like Germany wasn't the only country doing, um, bad things. Like I said, we were the winners, but nobody talks about how we were the example for Germany as like, you know, the laws they had against the Jewish community. Where did they get that idea from? Us, our Jim Crow laws. Mm. And yeah, it's like they were doing medical experiments, but where did they learn that from? Us, the Tuskegee syphilis study. It's like, so what's the difference? Like a skin color? Like, are you kidding me? Right. (laughs) I was like, you were just as bad. And um, yeah, you tried like all the German officials and set them up to hang. Like they're still chasing down people, but I don't see anybody going around the U S going like, okay, you made the Jim Crow laws or you (laughs) participated in this Tuskegee syphilis study and you did this to people. Yeah. And so it's just unfair how you did this. Like you, didn't win anything <laughs> i mean that's corruption right at its yeah. pure finest i mean mm-hmm. even if you look at um a lot of like the harvard lsd studies and like the cia being involved yeah and testing p- people and like injecting them with LC- lsd and yeah like what the c you find out the <laughs> cia was involved in that and people yeah. just kind of brush that off yeah i know right and, and they just write their own version of history like oh it's fine it was them not us I'm yeah like, But I did see recently that a German, I think he was a soldier who Mm -hmm. was responsible for killing like maybe hundreds or even thousands of Jews, Yeah, um, was just tried and he was like 90 something or close to a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was like looking at like a lifetime in prison. (laughs) Like, should we just leave this guy alone or like what's the right thing to do at this point? So it's almost like I get it, but I can understand how people become involved too. Cause it's not like when Germany created their army, it wasn't just people volunteered. There was a draft. You had to, if you didn't have resources to get out, you were drafted or otherwise you get hide or you get killed yourself. And it's, yeah, uh, you can say what you want to say about what you would do in that situation. But honestly, what would you do if it was your own life, your own family on the line, you would yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's I mean, like you don't know until you're put in that situation. I mean, like every other communist country, mm-hmm. you know, like just look at what they did in Venezuela. Like or if you didn't give up your, your guns and everything and mm-hmm. you were you were in trouble. So essentially you, you're forced to comply. And if you yeah. don't comply, like if we had a draft right now mm-hmm. and we were going to war and we had a war in our own homeland. Yeah. Like people would... They would not flee. They would not fight the government. They would yeah. They would join. And then they would do whatever the government told them to do because that's what you have to do. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, honestly, with that. And it's just yeah. like, I, it's like, I get it, but you don't know. And yeah, other people have resources. It's like you talk about refugees and everything. And they come with like very little and not everybody has the means to drag every member of their family or yeah. <laughs> to leave everything or to travel a distance to get to somewhere better. Sometimes they have to make the best of whatever situation that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. It's, it's hard. I think like, honestly, the best thing we could do moving forward is just like really listen to each other and don't, be mean to somebody who felt like that was their only decision and yeah yeah well i mean and did the guy did he publicly apologize i mean i know that that doesn't fix anything that he did like killing it people doesn't but but 
like as a 90 some year old are we really going to send him to prison yeah. or like what it, what what how did he live the remaining of his life after mm-hmm. after the war was over you know like yeah i mean it <sighs> depends it's like i'm sure he talked like with his family i'm sure there's certain values that his family could live by now and that would probably be like the best example of what he learned from that piece in history and um, I know as of right now, Germany requires students to visit the concentration camps so that they are aware of what happened in their country's history and so not to repeat it. Yeah. I had a lady on who is a uh, news reporter mm-hmm. or, uh, for Lansing here at Fox 47. Um, she came on the podcast and she's from Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so we talked about the Holocaust and everything. And uh, she was like, yeah, she's like, they don't really talk about it too much. Yeah. Because it's controversial. Mm-hmm. She didn't even want to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, it's like in they fact, don't talk about it, but they, they go to the concentration camps. And yeah. even when you go, it's like a very quiet, personal journey when you go through there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, though, the way other countries look at us. Because we look, I mean, we're so divided in the way we look at the mm-hmm. people in our own country. Like, yeah, I mean, even having this conversation, somebody's going to not agree with us. That's and they're okay. gonna, they're gonna be like, oh, that Trump supporter, or whatever, <laughs> whatever she is, or whatever he is. Yeah, I don't agree with them. They're pieces of crap. But then, like, listening to her talk, she's like, one thing that, um, like germ, like germ Germans or like other pe- people from other countries, especially Europe, mm-hmm. they are they look at the United States as like we were so patriotic. Yeah, and they love that about us, mm-hmm. and she loves that about America is that. Like, everybody loves the country. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Germany, it's not like that. You feel like you they can't be because, yeah, they don't they can't wave take their pride. flags right. like we do here. It's like, here, it's like, you can get the American t-shirt, swim shorts, wave your flag on your house, <laughs> on your car. <laughs> I, I have a flag on my, sh- have a flag on my shirt. See, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's like... But, like, that's a sign of, like, oh, he's a Trump supporter or, like, he's this right-wing person. It's not. not like, no. it's it's just a sign of p- being patriotic and right. lo- loving America and, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's all a very complicated tangled web, yes. It really is. I don't know. I don't know where to go from that. But, I don't know either. <laughs> um, we could either keep going or we can wrap this up. It's up to you. I don't know where to keep going from that either. Maybe we could just let people think about everything. <laughs> well, I think it's important to think about our role, the, yeah. the role that we play in, in the world. And, exactly. Um, it's very easy to look listen to a conversation like this and form an opinion and hate one side or hate the other. Mm-hmm. But really we should be looking at the big picture as like us as a community. And, yeah. you know, cause like, you know, one thing that I like doing with the podcast is interviewing people from our local community. Yeah. And because we're like in Michigan, we're like a, we're a community, we're a smaller community. Yes. But we should be looking at that on a larger scale when, when we're listening to other people's content that mm-hmm. are, are here in the United States, like we're all one, we're all from the same place. We all, we are all from the same thing. We all have the same goal in mind. We want freedom. We want, yeah. we want, we want the same thing essentially. And we should look at the way we treat each other because mm-hmm. other countries are watching us. Exactly. Cause like I said, we we're on the forefront of the stage. We are setting examples. And so it's important for like, not just individuals, but our leaders to set a good example on the world stage. Cause we see what happens if they don't. Absolutely. All right. 
All right. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. All right. This was fun. Thanks for doing it. Um, check out Takeout Takeout on social media. Do you have a website? Not yet, but my social media for Facebook and Instagram is takeout.takeout.mi, and it is the same for my email, just at gmail.com. Okay, cool. And all of that I will put in the show notes. So if you are looking for any information on that, just go to the show notes. It's not that hard. Um, And I hate doing this on the podcast, but I'm going to do it. So um, I want people to subscribe. I want people to listen to the podcast. And there's a lot of people that listen. So if you're listening or watching this, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. The like. Yeah. I feel weird doing that. So I don't I'll, like doing I'll that. toot your horn. Okay. Subscribe <laughs> to his podcast. Like it. Follow it. Um, if you have something valuable to share, request to be on the show. And like I said, follow Takeout Takeout. Follow Abundance Cafe if you want to learn more. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for doing this, Kendra. Thanks. <laughs>